Welcome once again to Great Stories About Great Storytellers. I'm Dr. Randy Overbeck, author of the award-winning and best-selling series, The Haunted Shores Mysteries. And I'm host of this podcast, where I have the privilege to share the unusual and sometimes strange backstories you don't know about the famous authors, poets, and directors you do know. Right up front, I want to share that this episode is personal. I actually met and received personal writing advice from this great storyteller, the worldwide best-selling British author, Ken Follett. I'll share the details about that intriguing encounter in a bit. Kenneth Martin Follett was born in 1949 to parents who were Plymouth Brethren, puritanical evangelicals with very strict family rules. In his youth, he was not allowed to watch any movies or TV, a restriction which turned out to have particularly positive consequences for readers all over the world. This parental rule meant that Ken spent a lot of his, a lot of his childhood doing what else? Reading books. An early favorite was Ian Fleming's Live and Let Die, which he recalled when he read it at age 12 that it, quote, blew me away. There in his preteens, the seed of a future writer was planted. In recalling the early, this early reading experience, he shared, my aim was to give readers the kind of excitement I got from James Bond. Like a good many boys, schools did not much interest him until his teens after his family had moved to London, where he applied himself in grammar school and at technical college. At 18, he earned admission to University College London. After graduating, he pursued a postgraduate course in journalism and then became a reporter, first for the local South Wales Echo and later in London for the Evening News. Not challenged by this assignment, he took a job as a deputy managing director for a small London publisher, Everett Books. Even though by now married and with two, two young children, he found time for his, quote, hobby of writing in the evenings and on the weekends. During his 20s, he penned and sold 10 novels, though by his own admission, these early manuscripts were not that good. But he was learning. At a conference, he explained that he wrote these more than 800,000 words to learn how to get it right. All that would change at the tender age of 29. Following the lead of his inspiration, Ian Fleming, he wrote The Eye of the Needle, a World War II thriller about a Nazi secret agent in England. This novel became an international bestseller, earned the Eger Award for Best Mystery and Suspense of the Year from Mystery Writers of America, and made Follett famous and wealthy. He sold the paperback rights for eight hundred thousand dollars, an astonishing amount at the time, and the novel went on to sell more than 10 million copies. In the next six years, he followed with four more spy thrillers, each of which climbed to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. By the 1990s, Follett had established himself as a preeminent thriller writer, his books ranking with Tom Clancy and John Grisham's novels. Then, Ken Follett decided to take a right turn. As a person always interested in history, he turned his talents to historical fiction over the next few years, writing three novels, Night Over Water, A Dangerous Fortune, and A Place Called Freedom, 
each of which earned similar success. As it turned out, these were only the warm-ups. As you might guess, Fala's agent had done quite well, especially with the top-selling thrillers, and tried to press Ken to give up this historical thing. Even though he even enlisted Ken's wife to persuade him to go back to writing political thrillers, as these had been major money makers. But Ken had other ideas. When Follett's new manuscript landed on the agent's desk, I couldn't blame him for being skeptical. Who would have thought a tome of a thousand pages, over two million words, about the building of a medieval cathedral could hold readers' interest? Ken Follett certainly did, and Pillars of the Earth was born. This novel has become one of the best-selling novels of historical fiction ever published, earning an Oprah's Book Club pick, and is regarded by critics as one of the best historical novels ever written. In interviews, Kenneth shared that the story grew out of his fascination with ancient cathedrals. Who built these huge monuments? Why did people who had so little expend such tremendous time and effort to design and construct these massive churches? The pursuit of answers to those and other questions come through vividly in the brilliant character studies Follett has crafted in this novel. In fact, the novel continues to earn new readers every year, so much so that to satisfy readers' demand, Follett has written three more books, two sequels, and one prequel in the series now known as the Kingbridge series. In all, the series has sold over 38 million copies and counting. In fact, the demand continues to grow so that the author will release another title to the, in this series this fall with a third sequel called The Armor and the Light. I can't wait to read it. Like other great storytellers, Ken Follett has won quite a number of awards and distinctions, many of them from different countries, including Grandmaster from Mystery Writers of America, Best Translated Novel from Spain, Best Fictional Title from Hungary, the Corinne Literature Prize from Bavaria, and the Premio Literature Prize from Italy. I was particularly impressed to learn that Ken Follett has used his own success to help advance the cause of literacy in the UK. As chair of the National Year of Reading, chair of reading is fundamental, trustee on the National Literacy Trust, and board member of the, on the National Academy of Writing, to name just a few of his initiatives. Well, that's just a snapshot of the remarkable writing career of one of the most versatile and successful novelists of the last 50 years. Thus far, he has sold over 180 million copies of his novels in 80 countries, and they have been translated into 40 different languages. Several of his titles, including The Eye of the Needle, The Key to Rebecca, Lie Down with Lions, Pillars of the Earth, and World Without End, have been adapted for movies or TV series. The novel Pillars of the Earth has even spawned a popular video game. In a minute... Right after a few words from this episode's sponsor, historical mystery author James Ben, I'll tell you about my personal encounter with Ken Follett and how it changed my writing career. 
The Refusal Camp is James Ben's first collection of short stories. After writing novels for over 20 years, many of them very successful, he recently caught the short fiction bug, and the result is a wide variety of stories. Several are from the familiar Billy Boyle universe, while others range from time travel science fiction to an old-fashioned gothic ghostly tale. Also on offer is The Horse Chestnut Tree, a prequel to, Bren, to Ben's remarkable novel set in during the American Revolution, Free Grift. You can check out all the details at the author's website, www.jamesben.com. That's J-A-M-E-S-B-E-N-N. Now, for the story of my serendipitous meeting with the great novelist Ken Follett. April 2013, I was invited to attend the Edgar Ceremonies in New York City, hosted by Mystery Writers of America. It was a chance to hear from some memorable authors, as well as mingle with publishers and agents. Before the ceremony, the organization sponsored a small group seminar given by that year's grandmaster, who happened to be, you guessed it, Ken Follett. I was among an elite group of about 30 emerging writers who gathered in the auditorium for an informal talk and Q&A session. There, Ken told us about his writing process and gave us some great advice. What struck me the most then and now was his incredible commitment to research as an author. He shared that he commits a full year to researching and organizing the storyline for a novel before he ever begins writing the first word. He explained that even though he has a full team to support him, <laughs> writers imagine that he hires somebody else to do all his marketing and promotion. Wouldn't that be great? But when it comes to the research, he has to do that himself. That afternoon, he demonstrated that commitment by sharing the next task on his calendar. You see, he was finalizing some of the research for what would become his next novel, the third installment in the Century Trilogy, Edge of Eternity, which chronicles, among other events, the civil rights movements of the 60s. He explained that after the ceremony, he was traveling to Washington, D.C. to board a Greyhound bus to travel through the South, so you get a real sense of what it was like for the Freedom Riders back then. Now, that's commitment. His dedication to research inspired me that day. At that point, I was in the early stages of drafting the manuscript, which would eventually become Blood on the Chesapeake, the first entry in my Haunted Shore mystery series. I wanted my story to be authentic to the area, so my wife and I returned to the setting several times, learning about the history, talking with the locals, and eating the local food. <laughs> I know, tough job. I learned from Ken Follett about the importance of using research to make sure I get the details right for the story. My readers have noticed. Several reviews for all three novels mention how well I was able to capture the sense and specifics of the locales in my tales. I have no doubt my encounter with Ken Follett on that afternoon 10 years ago has helped me to become a better researcher and writer. If you haven't yet checked out my Haunted Shore Mysteries, you'll find details and excerpts of the award-winning novels at my website, 
randyoverbeck.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to check out our next episode, which will feature the untold story of the great classical author, Ernest Hemingway. Until then, keep reading those great stories, and I hope at least one of them is mine.